Welcome to the Paleo View. I'm Stacey Toth, best-selling author and co-creator of PaleoParents.com, where we focus on real-life solutions for families seeking help. I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne, New York Times best-selling author and creator of the PaleoMom.com. I'm passionate about improving scientific literacy around public health topics. I like hashtags and bone broth. And I'm just a super nerd. Hello, Miss Sarah. How are you? I, I'm excited. I feel good. Tonight is Walking Dead. We're recording early, so I'm a little more energetic than usual. So I don't watch Walking Dead, but I've been um, really run down, and because uh, I'm getting, a, I'm hitting book deadlines, and I've been working a lot in every spare moment at all times, and uh, you know, even this morning I was saying to my husband, like, this is my goal for this week is like bedtime, lights out by nine thirty all week. Like, I really need to refocus on this because as soon as I let that slide, that's when like everything falls apart. So when you text me and you're like let's record early so that, you know, we can be done by walking dead time. I was like, oh yeah, that's that's amazing. I am going to sleep instead of make myself scared by zombies. Win-win for everybody. (laughs) Okay. So before we jump in the show, I do want to say that I spent the entire day turning my house into Hogwarts and the wizarding world of Harry Potter Usually I do a very scary house, and um, this year I decided that it meant a lot to me, and it was okay to spend some money to, like, transform the house. And it literally has made me a happier person. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited. Um, We still have, like, more stuff coming in the mail, but um, we ordered a whole bunch of stuff from like small businesses on Etsy and a few things from Amazon. And we also are doing like a full Harry Potter recreation menu of healthier Hogwarts foods. And so I would definitely recommend people you're hearing this on Halloween weekend. If you're looking for inspiration, check out our blog. And also I'm just pasties. Yes. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. Butterbeer. Quickly Hag- buy a plane ticket. Hagrid's Rock Cakes. You are more than welcome to come. I mean, I haven't been at your house for Halloween for like two years. It's it's a pretty rocking time. You can bring the girls. They'll have a blast. Um. Yeah. So you'll like this because uh, my oldest daughter is going to be a zombie Santa Claus. I love it. <laughs> it was like completely her idea. I was like... So you want me to buy a Santa Claus outfit and then we're going to destroy it. This is, <laughs> this is your costume plan. She's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. She, your daughters really do belong in my family between like the mixing and the matching of mm-hmm. the textures and the patterns and the clothes. Oh my gosh. So then my youngest, the fashionista, is going to be hip hop Pikachu. <gasps> um, so she wanted to be Pikachu and I ordered this Pikachu costume for her off Amazon and it arrived and the crotch of the pants is like super low like hip-hop pants (laughs) and she's taking a hip-hop dance class this year so she just started doing like hip-hop dancing as soon as she put this costume on and we're like uh well clearly we need some bling (laughs) to add to this costume um so and she's she's like 
done this little like choreographed dance number now that she's going to do at every door as we go trick or treating. This is amazing. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be epic. So we love Halloween so much that Wesley actually has two costumes. He's going to be Harry Potter for our party because the house is Harry Potter. But then he is going as the entire Ghostbusters clan with his brothers and his uncle and his dad on Halloween day. He's not all of the Ghostbusters. No, I mean, he's He's recruited. No, he's recruited like Finn and Cole and Matt and his uncle to be Cole's going to be Slimer and they're all going to be the Ghostbusters. And it's pretty awesome that he like had this idea and made it happen. So I, I mean, I love, I love, I love when siblings do group costumes or families do group costumes like that to me. So fun. And I was sort of like a little sad that my kids didn't want to do it this year, but they were both zombies last year. And the year before they were Beauty and the Beast. It's amazing that they've come up with these like unique fun yeah no, this was like, i love seeing people's personality come out this is what they wanted to be. i was like all right i mean i i know how to do both of those things since i learned how to do zombie makeup last year <laughs> um one of my i don't know if i told you this last year but one of my farmers who's like one of my regular farmers at the farmer's market his daughter is a makeup artist and used to work on walking dead so last year when the kids both wanted to be zombies i was like okay help me out <laughs> I'm like, so, I'm like, you don't even appreciate what you have where you are. True. We should just move on. All of Atlanta for granted. All right. We're going to move on. Yes. Okay. So we should get to a show. I'm super excited um, because we have guests this week. Uh, Not only do we have guests, we have like two of my favorite women ever in the history of people on the show this week. I think, I, I think you've got like basically a huge, Comadre of the autoimmune paleo community on this podcast, and knowledge bombs are known to be dropped among these lovely ladies. You just use the word comadre. I don't know. <laughs> that wait, is that a word? I mean, come on, give me a break. Last week I was lively and on point. I can't. <laughs> I can't be on a hundred percent of the time. Um, um I just. I w- I, my first thought was, I'm really impressed by that word. And my second thought was, I don't know if that is a word. That's, but, it, but that's part of the skill is you just like roll with it and you just, like, you just commit. Yeah. That is, if you commit, no one seconds guesses you. Exactly. Except like, for maybe your kind of. Uh, testing butt of four and a half years who's never heard you say that before. Right. I got it. <laughs> okay. So anyway, I would like to introduce Angie Alt and Mickey Trescott. From Paleo. Welcome, ladies, to the silly podcast this week, evidently. <laughs> hey, guys. Hi. Thank you so much for having us. <laughs> um, so Angie and Nikki just published the new Autoimmune Wellness Handbook, um, which we're going to talk about a little bit. And you guys run the website autoimmunepaleo.com and you have the autoimmune wellness podcast so i don't think that there's a platform that someone couldn't possibly be satisfied by at this point i know you've also got all kinds of social media and um so i'm super excited to talk to you gals because i know it's been a while since i talked to you and i knew you guys were embarking upon the whole creating the community platform and um all that kind of stuff. So welcome to the podcast. Thank Thanks, so Daisy. I think I already said that. I really am losing it. I, this is a silly podcast right. tonight. 
No, it's okay. I, there's there's days where we're punchy, and then there's days where we're actually good at this job. So, <laughs> and then there's days where we're just off. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um, so I, I've, gosh, Angie, and Mickey, I've known you guys now for a long, long time. Um, yeah, like four or five years, I think. Yeah, Mickey was one of. So I met Mickey at the Ancestral Health Symposium in 2013, 12? I think it was 12. 12. I think you're right. Yeah. That was I my think f- it was 12, too, because we were writing for you at that time. Um, yeah. So, hang on. Can it maybe... I mean, it was that was my first conference, like my first sort of like public appearance um, out anywhere, and uh, it was in Atlanta, and um, it was for me that was my first experience of take these people who I've developed friendships with on the internet, and then make them real live, moving, touchable people in front of me. Um, and that was, that was for me, such a neat experience. It totally weirded me out when I first started meeting people in person. Stacy remembers the first time I met her, like, wait a minute, you actually move when you talk. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've had so many opportunities to hang out, to collaborate, to chit chat, to support each other. Um, and I guess, you know, I, I mean, it, the excuse of course is like, new book come on the podcast but really to have you guys on the podcast for me is just an opportunity to really publicly say thank you to both of you for your dedication to the autoimmune community and your incredible commitment and hard work and energy and so much of yourselves that you have poured into creating these amazing resources for this community and i i just i mean i think the autoimmune wellness handbook is is just really the epitome of of all of that altogether and it's it's such a gorgeous book and it's such a tremendous resource and it's it's something that is so needed by this community and it just like aha and here's everything that everybody has needed and, and is just waiting for and so i just got to say all of that in public so now like all six of our listeners heard and <laughs> i just come on sarah I we're just, up to 13 we're up to 13 um yeah, so I just I just kind of wanted to take this opportunity to say you two are amazing people. I feel absolutely blessed to be able to count you as friends and um the the quality of the resources that you produce is um it's intimidatingly high. It, you raise the bar and I'm it's it's amazing and thank you girls. Sarah, Aww. thanks so much. <laughs> Did I make there you cry? Are there all I'm a, I am I'm gonna a crier. I was gonna say, Angie's gonna stop start crying <laughs> if I don't start that talking. My, that was my goal. Come on. Basically, uh, Sarah, now I'm gonna start crying. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys, this has never happened before. Um, but when we were at the NTA conference and Angie and I were giving our presentation and we were talking we had a slide about you Sarah and you know that you really laid the foundation for what we're doing now 
not only for with a scientific background, but also, um, you know, personally being able to support us as friends when we were all going through this horrible experience of having an autoimmune disease at the same time. Uh, and, you know, Angie starts crying and <laughs> it's kind of like, uh, you know, we're so grateful for you and we could never have been here if it weren't for the work that you offered and the friendship that you offer to us. And, you know, just amazing. Okay. It's, it's the schmoopy show now. It's the schmoopy show. It is the schmoopy Yeah. And now, <laughs> now yeah. okay. Yeah. How many of us can tear up together? Stacy, hold us together. Yeah. I'm not tearing up at all. You guys are just... <laughs> Schmooping it up over there. All right. So let me ask some questions. So here's the thing that I always love to know when people work on books together. Well, first of all, let me just kind of briefly mention to everybody about the autoimmune wellness handbook. What I think is great is that it's a resource that's not just a cookbook, but it's it's a lot in large part or the majority of the book is really kind of a, a handbook and guide for those with autoimmune conditions who are looking for, you know, resources for improvement um, from lifestyle factors to food. And so there are some recipes included, but it's not a traditional cookbook in the sense. So from that perspective, it would be great if you guys could talk a little bit about how you kind of came up with the idea and work together. I mean, you're on opposite coastal, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So how did that work? Well, we, (laughs) thankfully, I think this is Angie. I I think we were already uh, pretty adept at figuring out how to work together by coastal. You know, we had been running the blog together for a year. um, And so I think we were ready to kind of do that. And um, we we used a, a special software that allowed us to kind of write in chunks. And basically I would get up in the morning and I would write, and then I would be done by like mid morning afternoon. And then it was perfect timing for Mickey to hop on and she would get in there and add her chunks to the manuscript. And we would just go back and forth like that uh, until we finished it. And then we edited like crazy in some like marathon sessions together <laughs> Um, and I think we, then we like learned a lot about each other's style and we figured out how to like merge those two, um, those two skill sets together. Like there was plenty of times that Mickey was like freaking out about whether or not I was going to get my parts done. (laughs) (laughs) Because kind of like, I have to like, yeah, I have to like wait for inspiration to hit kind of, but then I can like the hour before we're supposed to be editing. Right. So, right, but Mickey's like, like really line methodical. So, but it was very good. inspirational. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's like that's how we practically did it. Um, I don't, I don't know, Mickey. Maybe you can tell them how. Well, we you know, the concept. The, uh, the concept. We had a publisher approach us. We definitely were not thinking about writing a book. Angie and I each had done our own books that we self-published, and we were kind of like, okay, we're taking a break. I know Sarah is like the queen of taking breaks and then writing six books. So, you know, you probably don't know what it feels like to write one book. I'm the only one that's truly committing to not writing more books, by the way. (laughs) I I try try to take breaks from books. Oh, yeah. So so we were taking a break and, you know, this publisher approached us and they basically said, do you want to do a cookbook? And we were like, hi, there's like six AIP cookbooks. Like, 
I mean, we could do another one, but that's not really what we feel inspired to do. But hey, we have this idea. It's kind of revolutionary. It's, you know, the autoimmune wellness handbook. And uh, we sent them a proposal and they loved it. And we were like, well, you know, if we're all aligning on this and and they love our approach and, you know, we want to write this book, then let's go for it. And so um, that's how we did it. And when we sat down to kind of organize the information, we were thinking, basically, we just wanted to share everything that we had learned on our journey. And um, basically, an approach that people could take to really avoid overwhelm, Um, not the nitty gritty details, but just kind of like all the the areas that people would need to approach. And we were kind of struggling with this, because there's so much that you could say about living well with autoimmune disease. I mean, you ladies know, it's just like, once you go through down one wormhole, it's like another one pops up and, you know, you could be writing Sarah's book, which is like, you know, could have probably been like 3000 pages and no one would have noticed. Um, and we really just kind of didn't want to go into so much detail about all the things. So Angie had this incredible dream and she came up with these action verbs that just kind of really elegantly described steps. So seven actions that people could take on the path to living well with autoimmune disease. And they are inform, collaborate, nourish, rest, breathe, move, and connect. Um, And then we were like, great, those are our chapters. And we flushed that out and the rest is history. I love... One of the things that this book does, I think um, it does better than any other uh, resource right now for autoimmune sufferers is it empowers at the same time as it really um, allows people the balance of working with a qualified healthcare pr- practitioner. So it really is that like, hey, look at this amazing, tremendous healing power of food and stress management and activity and sleep. But hey, this doesn't mean we disregard conventional medicine altogether. And I I imagine that that focus for you guys probably came from observing that in in the community of people going, oh, yeah, I'm going to follow the autoimmune protocol and go off all of my you know, thyroid meds that I've been on for 20 years and see how that goes. Um, but I love that this book has been able to really help people find that balance because I think that's one of the keys to really sort of sustainable, lifelong health when dealing with autoimmune disease is um, being able to make the best choices that we can day to day to promote health at the same time as using all of the resources that are available to us. Right. You know, we might have like, you know, our, 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 our medical care system is probably a little broken. I think all of us know that, especially people with autoimmune disease. I mean, when you have a chronic health issue, you're in touch with that system probably more regularly than you want to be. But that doesn't mean that there aren't good parts about it and good people working in it and that there aren't benefits for those of us who need it. It's finding the way to combine the best of that with the best of what you can do for yourself. And that's, that's the way to achieve wellness. And why would we, why would we throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know? Exactly. And I think that it's something that the way that you emphasize in here is um, 
it it's empowering rather than right. It gives somebody. Um, I think it's so. I'm trying to say it's so easy to get into a very defeatist mindset with autoimmune disease because autoimmune disease sucks really bad. Um, and it's really easy to get to a point where you feel like everything's too hard and nothing I'm going to do is work uh, is going to work. And then it's very easy to get anti-medical establishment because it can take so long to get diagnosed. Um, what a practitioner has to offer can feel so limited. Um, it can feel like you've got, you know, 10 side effects for the one symptom that's being helped by, you know, a drug. Um, and I love the way that instead of, instead of getting stuck in that um, negative mindset, that this book really helps pull people into this very positive place and this very empowered place where they can be um, really taking control of their own health, but in a way that um, is very positive and inclusive. So rather than going like, oh, I'm never going to talk to my doctor again because he didn't tell me I should go gluten-free. It's, it's a, okay, well now I'm going to, how am I going to integrate all of this wonderful information and really, you know, find the best health that I can find. And I think that's the way that you guys have done this in the, in this book is brilliant. Yay. Well, we really, we really tried really hard to, I think, just like achieve that balance. Cause I mean, you already said this, Sarah, but there is a big sense in the community of black and white and here or there or medication or anti-medication. Um, and what people don't realize is how different we all are and what makes one person thrive is not what makes another person thrive. Even if they have the same autoimmune disease, um, you really can't predict all of those variables. And so I think that's something that we were really noticing. There was a lot of kind of general, like either extremism um, and anxiety in the community, just about you have to be AIP, you know, even if you think you might have an autoimmune disease and, and like over restriction and anti-medication. And it's not that all of those things are bad, but it's just that balance kind of figuring out where that is for each person is really tricky. And, um, I think that was the, the hardest part about writing the book was really staying true to both sides of that and really showing how certain things can be really beneficial, but then, you know, where they can cause harm. I mean, that's, that's a really hard line to find. So this is a story I want you guys to share because I got to hear a little bit of the behind the scenes as it was happening, but I noticed that the book has been tagged as the anti-guru approach, which I think is very amusing. It tickles me a lot. And I would love for you guys to just talk a little bit about that. Uh, yeah. So we just decided to approach this from um, this perspective that, you know, a lot of people with chronic illness are a little bit um, at the mercy of all of these uh, self-help and, and healthcare books that are written from this perspective that basically you, if you, you know, find the right guru, if you find the expert with all the answers, uh, you'll finally be able to heal. And worse yet, uh, if you find the, the right expert or the right guru, you can pay them enough money and they'll tell you what to do and you'll be better. But we wanted to write it a little bit anti-guru from the perspective that you are empowered to lead your own wellness journey. You're, you're the one who most knows what you need and 
if you have uh, a little bit of information and the right tools and you're ready to find team members who you invite to be on your team and and assist you in your mission, then you can achieve wellness yourself. Uh, I love that. And I, I love, um, I love the idea of even just the labeling of an anti-guru approach, because to me, it's so descriptive of exactly what the autoimmune protocol is all about, right? It's, it's about um, really understanding our own bodies and our own individual needs and really being able learning how to listen, right? Learning how to, um, you know, recognize, oh, hey, I've gone to bed a little bit later than usual last three nights. It's catching up with me. I better rein that in or, you know, this is going to be a slippery slope that's not going to end well. And for me, that's been such an integral part of my journey of just really being in tune with my body and a lot of self-experimentation to really understand what my body needs and I just love that that labeling for, um, you know, that terminology for like, and by the way, you are the expert in your own body and um, you need to honor that and respect that. And that doesn't mean that you can't collaborate, but you're the one, <laughs> you're the one who knows. And I think that's something that autoimmune sufferers, you know, so many get told that they're being hysterical or they're hypochondriacs or, um, you know, they just need to have a nap, you know, and that's why they're tired all the time. And to be able to, to take that away and let that just dissolve and just be like, you know, no, you are the expert. You are the one who knows what it feels like to be in your skin. And you are the one who understands what your body needs. Um, to me, that's, I, I wish someone had told me that 30 years ago, like that just would have completely changed how I approached everything. And I'm so glad that you are bringing that message to people now. Yeah, yeah I just I think, think, oh, <laughs> go ahead. <Nikki. laughs> I was just going to say, I think that, uh, you know, our community is particularly vulnerable to that, you know, because autoimmune disease is something where there aren't a lot of people that really know what they're, uh, what they're doing when they treat it. Not a lot of doctors. And I actually think the best doctors admit that, um, there are a lot of variables and there are a lot of unknowns. And um, sometimes, you know, what we want is someone to have that authority and to say, this will fix you. This medication will make you feel better. This diet will change everything. Um, but it's a more honest approach, I think, to just kind of put it all out there and, and say, you know, here's what you can try and here's what might happen. But you never know really until you try what will work for you. I think it feels maybe a little intimidating to embody that much authority about yourself um, and, and maybe a little scary to take that level of personal responsibility about your own health and wellness. But uh, the truth is, is that if you do it, it feels great. <laughs> and it feels like finally on this, you know, really tough journey with autoimmune disease, you have something um, that's in your your like sphere of influence and you can do something for your own behalf. And that's a great position to be in compared to the normally really disempowered position of autoimmune disease. Um, uh, clearly the people who are talking coherently are our guests this week. Stacey, have you noticed this? They're making themselves clear, clear heads and tails. 
above whatever you and I have going on this week. Hmm. But I, I do think that, you know, for me, um, Sarah, one of the things that you said is you, you wish that 30 years ago someone had told you something. And, you know, I look back and I think I've mentioned this before when I was like weight watching, you know, 20 years ago and someone, and I was like all about, um, pretzels and it was like, cause they were low calorie and they filled me up. And I remember someone saying to me, yeah, but like they're devoid of nutrients. Like what, why would you do that? I'm like, well, they're, what do you mean devoid of nutrients? Like all I care about is that whether or not I'm hungry and how many points something is. And so even though there was someone and I don't remember who it is, I, I wish I could, cause I want to go back to them and tell them like, I'm sorry, I didn't listen to you. Um, but I think like you have to be ready to hear certain things. And I think What's great about the approach that you guys took and we tried to take with Real Life Paleo is coming up with these kind of words that people can associate and take steps towards and not kind of feeling entirely overwhelmed by either an all or nothing sort of approach and really kind of taking their journey into autoimmune and some people are more ready for for more than others. But I think this this solution speaks to a lot of people. I, I don't know if you guys have had that experience when you've done book tours and talks and podcasts and stuff, but I know Sarah and I have where people just, you know, feel kind of overwhelmed one way or another. And so this, this concept of breaking it down into, you know, these iterative portions, I think will really speak to a lot of people. Yeah, you know, Stacy, one of our um the things we added in our book that we included um pretty actually after the fact was um this this uh 20 point uh manifesto that we wrote really to simplify all of the tenets and the principles behind what uh what we have in our book. And one of them is just to start slow. You know, um, a lot of the concepts like uh, anti-guru, that's another another tenet. But a lot of these things, they sound like, well, yeah, duh, if you're going to do something big, start slow. But some people just don't really understand that even like uh, figuring out what gluten is might be a step in the process. You know, the autoimmune protocol might be like light years from where they are. And so they just have to, you know, take that off in little chunks. And that's exactly what we do is help people with the practical implementation of something that is really, really hard and really, really life-changing. And, um, you know, like Angie's lifestyle guide, maybe Angie, you can talk a little bit about that. Um, she's the one who wrote that in the book. Um, I can't take any credit, but it's brilliant just because one of the to-do items on that 12-week plan is make sure your bedding is comfortable and your room is dark and cool. You know, most people will read this in a book and go, okay, you know, you sleep better when the temperature is down or if your blanket is heavy or uh, if it's quiet or whatever, but we don't actually put on our to-do list, like check out bedroom stuff, you know? Um, but I think in our book, we really tried to even break that down in a point in a, in a way that people could actually approach it and try it and do it without feeling like they're drowning and all of the like lifestyle stuff, you know? Yeah, it's, um, the lifestyle plan is amazing. I didn't, I didn't, Angie, you get full credit for that. <laughs> the colors Thanks. were all me. <laughs> yeah, the, the colors were Mickey's. She was great with the design. But yeah, I, I mean, that was something that um, I was kind of toying around a little bit with um, prior to that with a lot of uh, Paleo Mom consulting clients, actually, a lot of my individual clients who were really, really overwhelmed about 
uh, you know, putting all the steps of sleep hygiene together or uh, trying out new ways of stress management or, or slowly starting to incorporate movement back into their lives or vice versa, slowing down and not uh, overdoing it with movement, you know, and I had been kind of toying around with this way of breaking it down for my clients so that, you know, it was really a step that they could take as simple as, you know, turn the thermostat down. That's all you have to do today to, to get closer to, you know, uh, the ideal environment for sleep, or, um, you're going to try literally three minutes of meditation. That's it. Only three, that's your step for today. And you win if you do it, you know? Um, so I tried to put it all in, in a way that was just so approachable and so much easier, you know, than carving out suddenly, you know, feeling like you have to have three extra hours in your day so you can, you know, color and meditate and sleep well. And, you know, by the end of it, you're like, screw this. <laughs> I, I love, I love this, you know, taking 12 weeks to really work on, you know, all four of these really critical lifestyle aspects very iteratively. You know, the idea of, uh, taking your whole week just to work on a consistent, like bedtime is one week and a consistent wake time is another week, right? Like that to me, it's, it's so fundamentally important, but it's so hard to actually implement and to be able to break that up and give people, here's a, like, you have a whole week to work on this and then we're going to start, you know, slowly you know, tiny little steps over such a gradual period of time, adding to this in a way that it's not overwhelming. It doesn't feel like it's taking over your life. You have lots of time for your body to adjust. I mean, the you you do the same thing with exercise, right? The slow incremental right. increase, which is really important, right? You know, it's it's much easier to make that part of a routine and to have our bodies, you know, physically adapt to exercise well when it's a gradual increase like that. Um, and I, I love that you've, um, you know, you've done, a, it's a four week meal plan and a 12 week lifestyle plan. And that to me, like that is exactly the way it should be because we, it's so much easier to completely change what we're eating than it is to change these important lifestyle factors. We actually need more time to adjust our bodies to, um, you know, adding stress management activities into our day than we need to figure out, you know, where to shop and how to cook. You know what I mean? That's like that. That's the dirty secret about the AIP community, right? Like in the beginning, everybody's like oh, the the diet, the food, and it's so hard. Oh my God, I'm going to freak out. Well, you know, whatever. But all of us long-termers know that the real truth is all the lifestyle stuff is way more intense. <laughs> more intense. I think it's, um, it's harder to like for me, I've followed a modified AIP for nearly four years. So I've had some successful reintroductions. I've had a lot of reintroductions that weren't successful. Um, but I, you know, now that I've figured that out, that's what I stick to. And I've, I don't stray from that because I get violently ill if I do. So that's a great motivator. The lifestyle factors, I think maybe because it's not like, I mean, if I eat gluten, I'm violently ill. Um, if I go to bed late one night, I feel kind of rotten the next day, but it's not as big a reaction. It kind of, it's the type of thing that sort of sneaks up on, on me. And I think that because of that, it's a little bit hard to recognize just how vitally important all these lifestyle aspects are to maintaining health. Um, and it's the same thing that, you know, when people first come into the paleo community and they first start paleo and then they, they, 
they go, oh, I didn't realize how terrible I felt before. I think there's an aspect of that with the lifestyle factors where we like, we kind of ignore, we, we ignore that we don't feel as good as we should. Uh, and we have excuses and, you know, I've, I've got a book deadline, you know, like being able to maintain all those lifestyle factors while working as much as I'm working right now is, um, it's a huge challenge. Um, and I'm, I basically start every week on Sunday going, okay, like my goal for this week is to make sure I'm in bed at a good time every single night. And then on Sunday I go, okay, I wasn't so good at that. That was the last week. My goal for the next week is to make sure I'm in, a, in bed at a good time every single night. So a lot of it takes, um, awareness and a, and a, really like long-term commitment. And I think that's, um, that's one of the things that can be really, I think surprisingly tough for people. It was, it was surprisingly tough for me. Let's, let's own it. Yeah. I mean, all of these changes too, you know, Sarah, um, for everyone, if anyone's feeling really like, Oh man, like if, if they talk about the diet being that hard, like, I don't know if I want to know about all the other stuff, you know, (laughs) The thing is, is that everyone kind of has their thing that's really hard for them. And, you know, a lot of us, I think, are the type of people that, you know, maybe we're not so um, bad in in the kitchen. I mean, we've all written cookbooks, let's be real. Um, So food might not be the hardest thing for us, but we definitely all struggle in a different area. And we all have those areas that are kind of like those linchpins. Like, you know, for Sarah and I, I mean, the sleep thing is like this major, this major thing. And once you learn that about yourself, you're like, okay, I have to protect that at all costs, you know? No, linchpin is exactly the right word because sleep is what holds me together. Um, and it is what makes everything else work and make everything else doable. Like it's, it's what, yeah, it's the linchpin. It holds everything together. Um, and I think it's, I kind of want to expand on your point briefly and just say, you know, the autoimmune protocol is, there's a learning curve and uh, just like paleo is a learning curve, just like any healthy changes that we're trying to make requires, you know, what are going to be my new quick meals? What's going to be my new comfort food? What's going to be my new dessert? How am I going to restructure my life to get enough sleep? You know, what is this, you know, mindfulness practice, crazy sounding, crunchy granola thing that's super rooted in science? Like there's, there's some of it will come easy for some people. Some of it will will require more adjustment. Um, But I mean, I really kind of want to emphasize for people that it's not hard. There's definitely an adjustment period. There's definitely a learning period, but then it is something that is sustainable. And there's, you know, tens of thousands of people out there who've been living the autoimmune protocol for years um, and having amazing success in mitigating their chronic illnesses with it, who are proof positive that it's, you know, absolutely something that, you know, is sustainable that we can find, you know, long-term balance with. So, um, and then, yeah, each one of us will have just like, you know, we all have our lives are structured slightly differently. We will all have that one thing that we have to work a little bit harder at. Well, I think that that's a great place to kind of bring it back all together, which is to say, like we said earlier, this is 
a super important factor for you guys. It might, not that sleep isn't important, but it might be also that, like for me, stress is the number one thing, right? Like I, I find that that's my, if I don't manage my stress with whether it's mindfulness or, you know, with sleep or with skin to skin contact or with sunlight, um, that stress is, is the trigger of badness for me. But I think what's great about the handbook is that implementing the food and the lifestyle factors becomes more approachable. And it's also kind of a a tool to help people take it one step at a time from wherever they might be. So they might have been paleo for six years, or they might, you know, be being told by a practitioner that this is something that they should try. And yesterday they were eating McDonald's. And I think that what's great about the resources that you guys provide is that it's yet another tool that people can utilize to improve their own health and take it in their hands and be empowered, which I think is, you know, how I think of this guru-less approach, right? As, as we all want to be empowered to, to support our own health. And so I just want to thank you ladies for being that beacon and another tool for the community and for the people who are really seeking that improvement. And so if you can remind everybody where they can find you and maybe list off some of the cities that you'll be coming to in the near future for your book tour, if they want to come meet you ladies, that would be fantastic. Yeah, so uh, you guys can find our book, uh, the Autoimmune Wellness Handbook. It comes out November 1st. Um, It's going to be available on Amazon and wherever else books are sold. Um, We're going on a book tour to visit five cities, Berkeley, California, Seattle, Washington, Denver, Colorado, New York City, and D.C. area. So, Stacey, you better come. Um, Of course. I think we're coming to Arlington. Hopefully that's close to you. Um, And then also, if you guys want to connect with us through um, the website, autoimmune-paleo.com, we have a really cool Instagram takeover account that's a really great um, community support for people that are trying the AIP diet, and that's at Autoimmune Paleo. Um, And we also have the Autoimmune Wellness Podcast that is actually, um, we don't podcast like these ladies do all the time, forever and ever, which is like, I don't know how you guys do it. Uh, because (laughs) Angie and I did 16 episodes and it was rough. But basically we created a podcast series that was tailored to our book to be complimentary, um, sharing um, our personal stories and also interviewing some really rad people, including Sarah. Um, I think she was our guest on episode three. Um, And so that full season is out on iTunes. Um, It's a great resource for people wanting to learn more about this stuff. Um, And did I forget anything, Angie? No, I think that's it. That's that's where they can find us. Yeah. And I mean, just uh, thank you guys so much for having us on your podcast and for being a part of our community. I know we didn't, we t- talked a little bit about this with Sarah in the beginning, but Stacy, you were a big part of that first um, early adopter AIP community too. Um, you're really active. You did the autoimmune protocol and just, I consider both of you ladies um, great friends and, you know, we're kind of warrior sisters in that way, kind of dealing with our health. Um, back in the dark ages before there wasn't so much uh, blogs and books and community support and all of that. So it's really great for you guys to have us and uh, to be able to chat with you guys about this stuff today. Thanks for being original gangsters. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what I was trying to say. Thanks. <laughs> we need like, I've been waiting need, like, my whole life. Like handshake or something. I know. I've been waiting <laughs> my whole life to be called OG. <laughs> there you go. 
There we go. All right. Well, thank you, ladies, so much for joining us. Again, you can find Angie and Mickey at autoimmunepaleo.com and all of the stuff that we've talked about will be linked there. And Sarah and I will be back again next week, as always. So thank you for listening and joining us today on The Paleo View. Thank you for listening to The Paleo View. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes. You can also support us by shopping for our favorite paleo products on the sidebars of our individual websites or by donating through PayPal. Good evening. Look look at all these gorgeous ladies on my Skype screen. How's it going? I'm glad that you can see just the picture because in real life. Yeah, right. In real life. It's right now. I think that. You're probably speaking for all of us, Mickey. Uh, <laughs> I just never bothered to bathe or put on makeup or get dressed today. I mean, that's the way to roll, sounds girl. Like, sounds like most of my days. I went out in public and had the same thing. And then I went to, like, the gardening center and got all nasty. And it's just it's a rough situation oh over here, which is why when I saw your photos and your smiling faces... I was like, oh, look at you ladies all clean and beautiful. I mean, I was on that day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's nice to know we can pull it together sometimes. <laughs> right. That was like a year ago, but I'm still rolling with those that, those headshots. Are still good. We have a podcast too, Autoimmune Wellness Podcast. It's really easy to remember. Okay. Good to know. I know a really amazing guest who's on that podcast. Yeah, episode three. Yeah. Saying. <sighs> I talk Just... to that girl all the time. I know. She's such a bitch. <laughs> now yeah. we can't use that sound bite. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.